Welcome to Things That Go Wrong, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet media things. I'm Ryan Bott. I'm Rachel Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins. And guys, Ryan and I got the coolest Christmas gift. It is um, a bouquet of flowers from Lego's new botanical collection. And uh, this new collection by Lego is, I think, pretty adult-focused. Um, they're really kind of cool. I have them displayed in my office. Really intricate <laughs> bouquet of flowers. There are roses. Uh, there looks to be some sort of like hydrangea and a daisy, maybe a lilac. Dude, that's super cool. Is this here in the home office or at work? It's here in the home office. Oh, okay. I am a little bit scared. They're a little fragile. Oh, I yeah. think you're going to say so, you're scared they're going to die if you take them into work. <laughs> yeah, don't well, forget to water them. Yeah, I forgot to water them and they didn't get moldy. Um, <laughs> no, no, I think uh, when the time comes, I might buy a second set for work and glue it. Awesome. I was going to say, once you, uh, you know, once you go back into work with more houseplants and stuff, I'm curious how long it'll take somebody to notice and be like, houseplant, houseplant, <laughs> plastic. Wait, what? <laughs> Well, I've got this cool, um, huge window at work that I might, when it's the weather, weather gets warmer here, um, in Chicago, for those of you who don't know, uh, the highest temperature I've seen in the last week was 24 degrees. Oh, so <laughs> that's, uh, the phone temperature. So I'm going to wait until they won't die the moment I step outside. Probably for I mean, better. This is not, you mentioned it being a Christmas present. Like we're recording right before this episode goes out. It's late, Jul- it's late January. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a while to build. About it. <laughs> yeah, it took me a while to sit down and have time to build it. You know, we traveled back to Chicago with it, and it's super cool. And there's other things in the collection, like a bonsai tree. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. The- there's one with the, I, I saw one with cherry blossoms um, and all the cherry blossoms are tiny pink frogs that look like, you know, cherry blossoms, like cherry <laughs> buds and stuff, which I thought was just brilliant. I want to do a big Lego set sometime. Like I love doing puzzles and like when I go back home and stuff, that's what we spend most of our evenings doing is just doing puzzles. But I, I haven't done like a huge like. I don't know. I don't know what the biggest sizes are, like a thousand pieces or five thousand pieces for like, you know, a crazy X-Wing or something. But yeah. I want to do like a big Lego set soon. They're we so got, much fun. They are so much fun. I we got uh Maisie got a giant, well, I guess I say giant, a Winnie the Pooh uh Lego set, which oh. is not a uh children's toy Lego set. It is very much a collector set because it is a like it's Winnie the Pooh's house, right, with like all of his <gasps> stuff and the tree above it, right, that it's like grown oh. around. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really freaking cool and pretty. But yeah, it is, it is one of those big ones. Like it has seven bags in it of, you know, the different sections of, of instructions and stuff. Each one took me about like 30 or 40 minutes to assemble. And I have one more to do. And I just don't want to do it because it's all the darn leaves on the trees. <laughs> and my thumbs hurt so bad. <laughs> like I don't want to finish it. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's, it's, you should, you should totally do it. Like go drop 50, a hundred dollars on a super nice Lego set and enjoy yourself for like a week. Yeah. That sounds I, fun. I, I have plans for, yeah, big sets. They're so much fun. And I've seen plans, uh, which I want to do with big, uh, Lego, uh, succulents and terrariums. I've seen yeah. people make individual Ooh. ones and I'm like trying to find the most economical way to do that. Like, do I just buy from lego like a huge like variety not like a 
specific set, like just like a tub, or do I just go to Lego with the individual pieces and which one's more economically possible? <laughs> yeah, I imagine. You can buy individual can, pieces. You can. But, they're, but they adds up quickly. Like even the smallest ones are like 14 cents a piece. But imagine, you know, for example, yeah, like one of my flowers right. needed something like a hundred of them. Oh right. You know? And that's just for one part of the flower. And so if you're trying to do a big thing, it's going to get I, really expensive real I fast. I imagine there's a whole like third party, like homebrew kit version oh, yeah. of these too. Oh, there's got to be. There is. But it's actually much smaller. Hmm. Which is weird. These knock are off, at just scale. Yeah. Knockoff Legos still just never feel right to me. Like, I don't know. I can't, I can't use it. Like, the textures off like it just doesn't it doesn't click in the same way it doesn't feel good there's something about legos that that actually is like what you want and satisfying yeah. well i'm sure there's just like you know things that lego doesn't have the license to i mean i can't yeah. think of anything off the top of my pokemon head, yeah it, that'd be an lego has no like, pokemon license yeah yeah but i'm sure somebody has like the kit for a thousand piece charmander but it's you know multiple hundreds of dollars right right you'd have to like buy that. each one individually yeah or like, um, oh crap! Why can't I think? What's the giant eye in D and D? Oh, a beholder. A beholder, yeah. <laughs> you know, something yeah. like that. It's true. Yeah. But yeah. But it's still so cool. It is they super cool. cool. You know what else is cool is the eighty fourth ever episode of trivia where we have eighty four. Six rounds of double complete rainbow. I say that every time like <laughs> it means something. <laughs> yeah. It means nothing. I just like the internet meme. <laughs> uh, for all three of us to play and buy for uh, all of the Lego pieces in the world. And uh, today we'll start, as always, with Stu. Thank you. Alrighty. So this one is, this round is called Disney Animal Sidekicks. Uh, it's mm. pretty self-explanatory. I'm looking for either like the character off the description of the sidekick or the name of the sidekick or uh, the sidekick itself. And so these are all Disney animal sidekicks, not necessarily from princesses, but uh, Disney animal sidekicks. Jesus Christ, do what? <laughs> I'm just going to I'm going to steal your thunder for just a second and tell you what my round name is. Okay. No, wait. <laughs> Hang on. Yeah, no. There's. We gotta let it happen naturally. This I'm can't really, happen two okay. episodes in a row. Seriously. Go ahead, Stu. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Okay. So let's kick it off. Uh, question number one: Archimedes is the animal companion to what Disney character? Rachel. Rachel. Archimedes. Merlin. That's correct. Merlin um, from Sword Merlin. in the Stone. Uh, he is an owl uh, named Archimedes. Nice. Two Deeper points cut. to Rachel. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't want just the real basics here. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's like, all right, think of like Animal Companion, Disney Animal Companion. What's your first thought? Raja. Raja. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody says Raja. So, yeah, I couldn't just go with the obvious here. Nice. Question number two. What is the name of Pocahontas's companion? Bonus points if oh. you can name the hummingbird as well. It's like Give a raccoon a thing. Yep. <laughs> oh, I don't know what it's called. Uh, I mean, at the end, John Smith is the sidekick, but that's <laughs> yeah, but he's poor, not the animal companion. Uh, oh yeah, animal it, um, sidekick. Um, well. um, 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 
Miko, Miko, Miko. Oh, whoa, nice job. I, you, I loved Pocahontas I was gonna say, I, I knew up. it was with an oh, M at least, I think. But Well done. Uh, anybody want to try for the hummingbird for an extra bonus point? No, and I'm kicking myself that I can't remember the pug's name. <laughs> Percy the pug. Percy, yeah, Percy. <laughs> I, actually, I think Percy the pug is what sidetrack for a moment everything i name <laughs> whether it be a plant or a stuffed animal it gets a normal male name yeah we have a canvas uh elephant named robert oh and it started i think with pocahontas and percy the pug that's awesome nice. like <laughs> nice no guesses for the the hummingbird not unless it like it's flit? flutter uh, it's very close what did you say rachel flit it is flit Whoa. Oh. Yeah. Like Flitter. Oh, man. Nice job. Wow. Uh, did three points to Rachel. Woo. Nice. Question number three. This is probably the hardest one of the round. Octavius and Jackson Checkers are the full names of what dynamic duo of mice? Octavius and Jackson Checkers are the full names of what dynamic duo of mice? Dynamic duo. Well, duo of mice. I mean, whether okay. or not they're dynamic is, is questionable, <laughs> right? They're not action Rachel? heroes, but Rachel. Are these um, Gus and then the skinny one from Cinderella? <gasps> I, I don't I know the skinny one's name. I just know the, the, the fat one with the, with the shirt is Gus Gus. Ryan, can, do you have the name of the skinny uh, one for no. one point each? <laughs> oh, man. So Octavius is Gus, yes. Um, wow. But then... Uh, Jackson Checkers is named Jacques. Oh, I forgot. I had forgotten that. Yeah. Gus Gus is one of my favorite Disney characters. <laughs> yeah. Gus Gus is adorable. No, I was trying That's... to think of what's what was the old. I don't even think it's Disney. That was like the the adventure one. Oh, the rescuers. The, the rescuers. Yeah, no, that, yeah. that is Disney. Yeah. Rescuers oh, and is? rescuers okay. down under. Yeah. I was never a big fan of those ones, but my they come up in trivia a lot. I want to say there's one more that's like definitely not disney that was uh i don't remember i'd have to look it up maybe somebody yeah. knows and can write in maybe there's some third party one i swear i have the vhs for it at oh home, fifo yeah fifo yeah fifo and fifo oh. goes west i love fifo goes west that was a um oh god what's the guy's name um don bluth that was a don bluth cartoon oh yeah yeah okay. so yeah uh, which I mean, he worked for Disney for a while, but then he kind of went off and did his own thing, and he made you know Five sure. Goes West and Anastasia and stuff because it's like that all looks like Disney, but it's not. Gosh, it yeah, yeah. Which, sorry, quick side note here, because uh, it was an earlier question from Sword in the Stone. So Arthur's brother, or like adopted brother in Sword of the Stone, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that one dude. So Don Bluth worked on Sword in the Stone, and he, I'm pretty sure, he created that character of the brother, or at least. The look and feel of him. Don Bluth also went off to make an arcade game, which I can't remember the name of. Um, but basically, uh -huh. like it's an arcade game, and it, it was a total quarter muncher. And so it was this. Uh -huh. It was a hand drawn, cell animated arcade game where you basically got to hit like a either one button each scene or like a direction or something like that, and it, you had to do it within time uh, to avoid like whatever was coming at you. Wait, is it, this the layer game, like the story game? Yeah, Dragon's yeah, Dragon's Lair. There we go. Yeah, yeah. And the main character in Dragon's Lair is that brother. Like, if you look at him side by side, it's like it's no doubt. I mean, it's the same freaking armor, facial structure, everything. Like, it's the brother. Really? 
Yeah, you should totally check it out sometime. I love Dragon Slayer. I couldn't remember the name of it, though. I remember trying to play it and just being like, this is like a whole story thing. Like, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. I just want to play like Ninja Turtles or something. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it for the Switch. And I mean, this is years oh. ago. Uh, but yeah, he had the whole collection on the Switch. I bought it for him. And there was just one night that I was hanging out, drinking with my buddies. And I was probably a little too intoxicated. I beat the whole thing. I just like somehow like powered through it just to see the ending. I was like, I, I just got to get through this. And like, we did it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, sorry for the tangent there, but uh, I don't know if I can give Rachel a point on that one. She only got she only got one name. I needed the, the whole duo. She got bonus points I, on the last one, though. I mean, that was <laughs> pretty close. You. She knew where it was coming from. That's true. I'll give you I'll give you one point, Rachel. Thanks. Question number four and the final question of my round. Angus the horse is which princess's companion? Uh, Rachel. Brian? I heard Rachel first on this Good. one. Is it Mulan? It's not Mulan, no. Oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, I have oh, another one. Ryan. I, I heard Ryan on this one. Um, I actually don't know her. Is it Brave? Is it from Brave? Yes, it's from Brave. I don't actually. I haven't <laughs> seen Brave. Oh, man. I don't know her name. <laughs> it's a Disney, pri- Disney princess. Or Disney Pixar princess, essentially. I know uh, it. Rachel <laughs> Merida it is Merida oh, yeah but great. I think I think the points go to go to Ryan though he knew um I think that's fair <laughs> okay cool so he has something I mean yeah Rachel just ran away with this one <laughs> right two points to Ryan uh six points to Rachel on that one <laughs> nice work everybody nice Rachel what round do you have that's not similar at all <laughs> Um, so we're going to talk about sidekicks from video games. No way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is happening. This is two games in a row. This oh is my happening. Gosh. There's like keywords that have to like click in our brains together or something. This is ridiculous. Right. I know. Uh, okay. So um, round is straightforward. Question will specify what you need. Cool. Okay. What in what game did Tails, the sidekick to Sonic, first appear? Stu. Go ahead, Stu. Sonic 2. That is correct. Sonic, yeah. It is Sonic the Hedgehog 2 in 1992. Ooh. Nice. It's a good year. I can't remember if the sequels were any good. They were. Yeah. Uh yeah. No, I actually played two more than I did one. Um, and then the one with Knuckles, uh, Sonic 3 was pretty good too. Um Question so two points to Stu there. Question number two. This Microsoft personal assistant was inspired by a video game sidekick of the same name. Give me both the name and the video game. The name and the video game? Sidekick. And the video game. Oh my gosh. Oh, this is so much easier than, <laughs> than Wait, you guys. Can think. you repeat it? This Microsoft personal assistant was inspired by oh, right. oh, Stew. <laughs> okay, so this is a tie. Um, I'm gonna let you both answer. So Stu go first. Uh, this is Cortana from the Halo series. I thought Ryan. I that's I wrote down Cortana, but I had the exact same thought as Stu, and he hasn't even said it yet. Yep. Like what video game is Clippy from? <laughs> <laughs> Like what flights in jank do you have to right. like hot like hotwire the plane? Dude, yeah, the little paper clips comes up on screen. I see you're oh, doing I a barrel roll. 
I see your trash at Emma's paint. Do you want some help with that? <laughs> oh, my oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> okay, that's two points to both of you on that one. Thanks. <laughs> okay. From what video game franchise is sidekick Garrus Vicarian? Garrus Vicarian. Apparently he's in most, if not every, version of this game. Stu? Go ahead, Stu. The Witcher? It is not Witcher. Okay. Is there any hint to this? It's a shooter game. Mm. Garrus? I don't... I don't know. He's like a teammate. Yeah. Garrus? Let me me see if I can get you guys any more clues. I'll keep my mouth shut until Ryan's ready. And it's a big video game. It is a science fiction military shooter game. That is not Halo. Oh. And it's not Destiny. I don't there aren't ten of them, but it's not like a character in Half-Life. But that's not there's no sidekick per se. It is not Half-Life. Is this Call of Duty? It is not Call of Duty. Yeah, I I guess it wouldn't qualify as science fiction shooter but okay is this like are they supposed to be lifelike or are they cartoony no they are lifelike gears of war no that's a good guess okay any other guesses in five i can't tell if this name is a serious name or if it's like funny like just incredible (laughs) the fun sidekick it's supposed it looks to me like a serious name Flight simulator. It was your co-pilot <laughs> off screen. <laughs> no points there to either of you. This is Mass Effect. Whoa. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, got it. I didn't know I, there were that many. I believe no, he was. Three. Oh, there's four now. But okay. So I just looked up. There's like a whole bunch of versions of it. I guess. Okay. Oh, there's only got four it. total. I'm pretty sure. Let me also, just... I'm not a big Mass Effect. I'm not a big open I'm world me, person. Dude, me. I'm not a big Mass Effect fan. Clearly. Um, <laughs> right. Then no, so he's been in it throughout okay. throughout the series. And he okay. is like one of your teammates, I guess. Huh. Okay, so no points there. Last question of my round. In Monster Hunter World, oh, what is the species <laughs> of a sidekick a player has? Oh god, I can't remember the name of the sidekick. I, I, I know what they look like. I knew for these questions, at some point, I was going to have to dig pretty deep for both of you. <laughs> so yeah, I've never played a Monster Hunter game either. I did on basically the tutorial. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend come over, and then he was like, "Hey, I'm going to show you how to play Monster Hunter." And I was like, uh, "This is this is a lot." And he's like, "Yeah, it takes a long time to get into it." And it's like, "Okay, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to pass on this one." I got no idea. It, it's it's a cat. <laughs> I mean, you're you're right. It's like a cat that walks on its hind legs. Right. It's called a palico. Oh, that's cute. It's, like it's, a pal- it's a calico, yeah, it's calico. Cat. yeah. I I guess so. Um, I've never played Monster Hunter World. I get the idea. It's an MMO, but it, it's the only like non other real people interaction with like, humanoids you really have is this palico. Yeah, it's it's kind of an MMO, MMO kind of not like it's uh, you play with people online like that. Yeah, um, 
I think I remember hearing but on the, the original PlayStation version that you would like take the disc out and then you could put just random CDs in and it would like read the code and generate characters or something like that for you. What? That would come into the game, I'm pretty sure. I love stuff like that. <laughs> I think <laughs> like, I, this could be a totally different game, but I'm pretty sure I remember hearing that. That's awesome. Scores are myself with four, Stu with four, Rachel with six, and uh, my round, you won't believe. <laughs> Sidekicks and movies? <laughs> no, but now that you said that, it's uh, movie soundtrack titles. Oh, man. Okay, okay yeah. yeah. Bringing back an old one where um, these are popular. Um, some of the 50-ish best, like some of the top best soundtracks and best movies. Uh, you will all definitely have known all of these. And uh, I will go through a handful of the tracks. Each of these, I have four tracks, and they'll progressively get uh, slightly more... Uh, obvious not so much as to say like movie titles theme but uh yeah and then uh just kind of call in when you know it but i have four for each one so as a template if i said one jump ahead friend like me jafar's hour a whole new world you would say aladdin aladdin exactly okay and these all have a uh a subtle theme to the end of them but we can get there at the end Okay. So, question number one. The Baptism. Apollonia. Sicilian Pastorale. Connie's Wedding. Rachel? Rachel. Under the Tuscan Sun? No. Oh, I Stu? have one. Stu? The Godfather? It is the Godfather. I <laughs> 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 uh, realized it. Uh, nice job, Stu. Thanks. The baptism, <laughs> Apollonia, who is the name of a character, uh, Sicilian Pastorale, and Connie's wedding. That would be the Godfather. Question number two: Flight from Peru, the Map Room Dawn, Marion's theme, and the Raiders' March. Rachel. Rachel. Oh. This is Indiana Jones. It is. Can you be a little more specific? Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yes. Nice. Well done. <laughs> As can clue in the title of the song. <laughs> yeah. Although, I mean, I, I know this in my head, but when I looked at it, it surprised me again that the first movie doesn't have Indiana Jones in the title. It's just Raiders of the Lost Ark. And then oh, really? all the subsequent ones are Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and the, you know, so-and-so. But yeah, Raiders huh. of the Lost Ark or Indiana Jones. That's fine. Uh, two points there. Flight from Peru, the Map Room Dawn, Marion's Theme, and then, yeah, a little on the nose, but the Raiders March. Nice. Nice. Question number three. The Haunted House. The Shape Lurks. Lori Knows. Myers House. Oh, oh. Stu? Uh, Stu. Scream? Not Scream. Oh, what is it? Um, Rachel. Gosh, darn it. Rachel. Is it Nightmare on Elm Street? Not Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, I'm Stu? trying to remember which Stu. one it is. The Shining. Not The Shining. Okay. Rachel. Rachel. Halloween. Halloween. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't remember point. which one's which. I don't like scary movies. Me so neither. <laughs> switch. I just know that. Myers is one of those people. Yeah. The Haunted House, The Shape, which is sort of what he's known as early on. The Shape oh. lurks, or that's like kind of what they call it. Not in the 
movie like the characters themselves but i think that's what he's referred to early on the shape lurks lori knows and that myers house isn't michael myers nice all right uh, i give one point there question number four last question of the round preparing the cage chrissy's death the empty raft out to sea preparing the cage preparing the cage Chrissy's death. The empty raft out to sea. No idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, Stu? Stu. Uh, castaway? Not castaway. Preparing the cage. Chrissy's death. The empty raft and out to sea. I'm really surprised that this is the one. I thought this would be the easiest one. <laughs> no guesses. <sighs> oh, um, no. No, mate. No. Ah, Stu? No. Stu? Pirates of the Caribbean? No. Okay, <laughs> I got nothing. That's, that's interesting. Oh, you're going to kick yourselves. It's all going to, all of these clues are going to filter in right before you get Eaten by the Jaws. Oh my gosh. I've never seen Jaws. This would be Jaws. Preparing, <laughs> preparing the cage, Chrissy's death, the empty raft, and out to sea. Nice. And uh, I would give uh, one point in particular if anyone can kind of connect the four movies by relative theme. Stu. Stu. Steven Spielberg films? Uh, no. No, <laughs> I had to was, Jaws? was Raiders Steven Spielberg? I thought it was. Uh, I think Raiders and Jaws are. Uh, Francis okay. Ford Coppola was Godfather. Oh wait, and... duh. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I didn't even consider the other two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of a loose theme, but uh, these were all '70s movies. Oh, oh, nice. More you know. if you're paying attention. <laughs> Not oh. to that particular part but was paying attention <laughs> fair all right going into halftime uh myself with four and Stu with six and rachel with nine points leading halftime and i uh, will go Gotta back i love to a Stu. disney round <laughs> yeah that'll all help. right yeah, i know right <laughs> nice uh alrighty. so my round is called a round to die for uh this is a round about die uh in its various forms Okay. Oh my god. Uh, so it's a it's yeah. So it's neither Question. about James Bond nor about death. Uh correct, actually, yes. It's about neither of those things. <laughs> I say the word die, I'm not gonna spell it for you. Okay. Question number one. Uh blue jeans are traditionally dyed in a vat of indigo. Surprisingly, the vat is not blue when it's ready to dye the material. An excess of electrons causes it to turn what color in the vat? And, when ex oh. and then when exposed to the atmosphere, it returns back to blue. Ryan, right? Purple? It is not purple, no. Got a guess, Rachel? Rachel? Yeah. White? Nope. It looks much like a popular soda, which was around during the uh, original, I guess, uh, invention of vat dyeing with indigo. Can Rachel? You... Rachel. Orange? It's not orange, no. Can you... Yes, Ryan? <clears throat> I think I have a guess, but can you say the chemical again one more time? 
Uh, I actually don't know what or chemical. Just, or can you repeat it rather? Yeah. Uh, blue jeans are traditionally dyed in a vat of indigo. Surprisingly, the vat is not blue when it's ready to dye the material. An excess of electrons causes it to turn what color in a vat? Electrons. Electrons, yes. An excess of electrons. Um, is it like green? It like is green. Mountain Dew-ish? It is like Mountain Dew. <laughs> That's right. They say when it's Mountain Dew, then it, it's totally ready to dye your clothes. Interesting. Um, which is super interesting. So, one point to Ryan there. <laughs> Question number two. Uh, this is on everybody's going to play on this one. Okay. So the world's most expensive die that was ever sold was a D20 from the Roman Empire that was made out of a dark green glass. Whoever's closer, how much did this sell for in auction in 2003? Jeez. The world's most expensive die that was ever sold was a D20 <laughs> from the Roman Empire made out of a dark green glass. It sold at four auction in 2003. We're I mean, going to start. 5e was out then. <laughs> I mean, you were still using D20s at four, <laughs> you know, not much, but some. Uh, we're going st- to start with Rachel whenever you're ready. Uh, $74,000. All right. And let's start with Ryan. Or let's go with Ryan. $70,000. Oh, my gosh. I watch a lot of Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> oh, my gosh, you guys. I know literally uh, nothing. No, that's okay. Well, it technically goes to Ryan, though both of you are quite a bit off. Um, so it's it, it actually sold for $17,925. I thought mine was too high because even like really anti- antiquities, like unless it has like, it's it's kind of strange. Unless they like, ha- unless they have an incredible provenance that you really know well, i.e. was not found in the middle of the field with nothing around it. So you have no idea who it was for. Right. It goes, most, many things go for a very low cost. Right. Lower than what you'd expect, at least. This may be a oh, dumb yeah. question, but was this actually like a D20, like a die, or was that just like a clever clue that I missed? Uh, no. So this actually was a legitimate D20. It didn't have numbers on it, it had symbols, and they don't know what game it was for. They have yet to figure it out, but it is a legitimate D20, which is just really Crazy. cool. Right, they so must either, have been playing like an early prototype of D&D. Oh, you know that they were. Wizards of the Coast have been around for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they say it wizards. was Gary Gygax, but really it was like the Roman Empire. <laughs> Gygax could just be a beholder. <laughs> and he's been here the whole time. That's right. <laughs> cool, so two points to Ryan on that one. Question number three. The word die, D-I-E, is equivalent to the English word the in what language? It is used as a grammar article. I heard Rachel Rachel. first. Right. It's German. This is German. That's correct. Nice. Two points to Rachel. Cool. Question number four and the last question of my round. Die casting is a metal casting process that forces molten metal into a mold cavity. This has been done with, or this has to be done with non-ferrous metals. There are seven types of metals traditionally used for this. Name three of them. Oh, jeez. Non-ferrous metals. I heard Rachel first. Gold, silver, copper. I just need three. Yeah, I'll I'll stick with those three. Uh, No, you only got one of them. Really? Amazing. Ryan. Ryan. Um, <laughs> iron. Okay. 
uh, words um, that I, I can't think of as I'm trying to come up with it. If he gets um, points for saying I'll words, say, no, I'm going to no, no, flip no, no, this no. table. <laughs> um, yeah, steel and copper. Uh, no, uh, you only got one of them. Oh. Um, so here's the hint. Non-ferrous means does not contain iron. Oh. <laughs> no, it's okay. I didn't know either. Uh, like I forgot off the top of my head. I thought uh, that so- was the correct one. <laughs> Uh, if you, I was gonna say, if I you mean, guys want to go for it, I've again, got go another for it. one. I've got more. Sure, you can guess Lead. as many as you want. Okay. Um, computer. Okay. And what's that one called? It's um, I don't remember the last one, so I'll just stick with those. Okay. Uh, well, you got two of them for sure. Yeah, <laughs> lead and pewter. Uh, which I guess I'll and give copper, you one. Copper, I guess. And, and copper, yes, actually. Um, nice. One point to Rachel then. Nice. The uh, the metals traditionally used for it are zinc, copper, aluminum, magnesium, lead, pewter, or tin. Huh. All non-iron containing metals. I have a question about gold. Yes. Because it's an own independent element. Correct. How is it a As they an are. iron? Or is it maybe dog? I, I actually know. I never mind. Never mind. I've answered it myself. It makes sense. It's just not one of those. Yeah, it's uh, it's not that it couldn't be used because it totally could be. Um, but it just would never make sense to die cast anything gold. Uh, because since it's used for like machinery and stuff, yeah, it's so soft sense. too, right? Right, and it's soft, right? No, it does matter. Yeah. I mean, pewter and tin are pretty. Tin and lead are pretty soft right. too. Like all That's of it's true. not super durable, but like. Ah, if you're making something right like it's it's possible gotcha did you say aluminum too i did okay yeah which i mean aluminium yeah aluminium nice that's the end of my round one point to rachel for that one nice um yeah Stu is six myself is seven rachel with 12 and uh rachel is your turn again jeez I was very scared when Stu said dyes, because I thought it was going to be a roundabout colors, which is what mine is about. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Mine is all about colors and the symbolism in colors. Yes. And so I was really scared. I'm like, Jesus Christ. This is like... (laughs) Anyway, um, so question number one was actually I was told I should do a question on by my own parents who listen to our podcast. Hey. So uh, we're going to do a question on this. Um, yeah, basically uh, answer what the question is asking for. Cool. Uh, question number one. Hundreds of years ago, these buildings were sealed with linseed oil and often elements strong in iron were also added leading to red being the most common and expected color for what type of buildings up until today? Can you say that one more time? Hundreds of years ago, this type of buildings were sealed with linseed oil and often elements in iron were were added to this oil, leading to red being the most common and expected color of what type of buildings up until today? Stu. Go ahead, Stu. Uh, barns? Yeah! Uh, like farm barns, yeah. This is one of the reasons why barns are red, is because to like protect the barns from weathering, they would put linseed oils in the wood because it keeps it from drying, and then they would add other things into it. Oftentimes, it would create like, a rusting color. Huh. So, uh, shout out to my parents for asking, for uh, suggesting I ask the question, why are barns red? Nice. <laughs> 
Okay. Question, two points of stew there. Question number two. If you see a yellow warning sign on a product, such as a liquid, what does that stand for? A yellow warning sign? Yes. Don't? <laughs> <laughs> All right, hang on. Um, Wrong, yeah, Ryan. No on, points on a, there. On a product such as a liquid, right? Yeah, such as a liquid. Okay, stew. Go ahead, stew. Uh, it's acidic or like uh, it has a low it has an unsafe ph ah. <laughs> uh that is not correct okay <laughs> that's actually a different color for that one it i know i can't it. i i learned this at emt class i just don't remember this from ent class <laughs> also, acids are low after getting it wrong last episode that we did that here's a fun medical fact based on what Stu just said right if your kid like i did eats an entire tube of toothpaste Poison control will tell them to drink an entire quart of milk because oh the calcium binds to the fluoride in the toothpaste. I thought mint was great as a kid. My parents had to call poison control. Yeah, that's not good. And they're like, no, you don't need to take her to a hospital. Just have her drink an entire quart of milk. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. Go ahead, is it that it's hazardous to consume? It is not, no. Um... No points there. The answer is that it's flammable. Oh, oh, man. Okay. Yeah. You don't put a little flame sign on it? Like a little thing of fire? No, it's oh. yellow. Oh, wait, so, no. Like, on a these, okay. These things will also go on products. They'll also go on, like, trucks and stuff. Right. And so you can't put too much detail on it because you can't see it from far away. So you might see, like, a line of just colors and stuff. Oh. I feel like they should just put like a flame. That's a lot more obvious as opposed to a <laughs> yellow band. Well, there's uh, yeah, there's yellow, well, there's white, there's red, and there's blue. And what do they mean? Your life depends on it. Oh god, I can't freaking remember. Well, think about it like this: Imagine you're driving in a snowstorm, and ice is caked onto part of the car, obscuring part of a flame symbol, and you don't, you can't really tell what the symbol looks like now. At and that now point, the truck that's not crashed. the concern. And now the truck is crashed. Can you get close to it? I mean, you can't see. Irrelevant. <laughs> well, but if it was just a color, you say, "Oh, flammable." Probably shouldn't. Oh, what does that yellow mean? If only I had paid attention when listening to that episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay question no points there question number three when driving in the united states what does a green sign symbolize ryan go ahead ryan that it's like a, a road name marker or oh, that's like a highway yeah. it's a very okay, broad yeah. question yeah it's a very broad question they're considered like guiding guidepost ones so they have distances like exit at exit signs, stuff like that. They're guideposts. Okay. So two points to Ryan there. I was sitting and here thinking uh, like green triangle sign. Like, no, that's not one of them. <laughs> Did you realize the road is recyclable? Little, like, right. <laughs> okay, question number four. What is considered the world's most relaxing color? Stu. Go ahead, Stu. Blue. That is correct. Yay. Yeah. And the more saturated a color is, the less relaxing it is considered. Uh oh. The more you know. So like a light blue, like a sky blue yeah, is like calmer. A yeah. yeah. But like a dark blue, not so much. Gotcha. Likewise, 
your warning signs are in bright red, bright yellow, bright orange, <laughs> yeah. so that you do, are not relaxed by seeing them. Yeah, such a soft Easter yellow color as I slam into a car. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my round. Nice. I like it. All right. Going into the final round is uh, myself in the far back with nine and uh, Stu with 10 and Rachel with 12. So it is oh a gosh. very close game and uh, lots of points to be had because we are going into get your sound effects ready. Lightning round. All right. Lightning round is where uh, every answer is a uh, numerical answer. So you're all going to play. You're all going to write, if you have paper, lock in something, um, an answer that you could probably feasibly get close to in your head uh, if you had enough time. And I will quickly go through these. And uh, yeah, we'll go through the answers. Whoever is closest to the correct answer gets two points. All right. Question (laughs) Question number one. 80 degrees Celsius is how many degrees in Fahrenheit? 80 degrees Celsius is how many degrees in Fahrenheit? Uh, Stu. Uh, 350. Rachel? 180. I, I don't know, math. Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. I said 180. All right. Rachel gets two points. Uh, very close. It is 176. Oh, nice. How? <laughs> so... <laughs> the basic math formula which is the number That's 80 math is, nothing in math is basic times 9 fifths plus 32 that's 176 my head hurts <laughs> I'm so sorry to everybody <laughs> that would ever rely on me for math it's okay Stu I'll go hang out with you because that would not be either Question oh number gosh. two. Ludwig van Beethoven, the German composer, was born in what year? Ludwig van Beethoven is born in what year? Give you a second. And Rachel. 1710? Let's do. 1671. <laughs> Beethoven did not compose the ocean blue. Uh, that is two points <laughs> to Rachel again. Uh, the correct answer is 1770. Oh, Jesus nice. Christ. So. Well, oh, I handed my history knowledge as well, so <laughs> I'll walk away knowing law. So, still, still two points to Rachel there. Question number three. What was the federal minimum wage as of 2000? What was the U.S. federal minimum wage as of 2000? Uh, Stu. $5.50. Okay, Rachel. Four twenty-five. This is going to be two points to Stu. The correct Ooh. answer was $5.15. Wow, okay. Oh. Which went into effect uh, September 1st, 1997, and then it was raised to $5.85 in July of 2007. Nice. Okay. That's a long gap between That's a long change. gap, right? <laughs> I remember my sister working at Subway and being like, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Question number four. The last question of the game. This will be a fun one. According to howmanyofme.com, which is a database of live first and last names in the U.S., how many of me.com of the 335 million people in the US, how many are named Rachel? 
Oh, there's a lot of us. Let me tell you. And by the way, before we answer, uh, growing up, there was another Rachel Miller in my elementary school what? class, and then I changed schools, and there was a Rachel Miller in the grade above me. There's a I lot don't, of us. I don't believe you. That's insanity. It's, it's a very common first name, very common last name. I'm very also hard to find. <laughs> Dude, no we way. are legion. Right. <laughs> Of the 335, roughly 335 million people in the U.S., how many are named Rachel as a first name? Uh, Rachel. But six million. Oh. Stu. Uh, 750,000? All right, so it's going to go to Stu. Okay. <laughs> Rachel is a little overly confident in her legion. Uh, there are 405,910 Rachels on the U.S. continent as of now. Uh, it is the 100... 100- to be fair, you could make a very... Go ahead. City yes. out of us. Yeah. It is the 156th <laughs> most popular first name. And I also did some extra searching, and there are... Just under 74,000 Stuarts. Oh. Uh, there are only like 1,400 Stews. <laughs> <laughs> and there are 560,000 Ryans, roughly. It was a very common name, like from like late 80s through mid thousands. Yeah. Rachel? Or what, what name? Orion. Right, Ryan. Oh, yeah. Rachel. Rachel's an old name. Rachel's a biblical name. Yeah, it's a name. biblical name. Plus friends. Yeah. So like, it's just right. all over the place. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I'm I'm pre friends. Pre friends. Pre friends. <laughs> that just means she doesn't have any friends. <laughs> oh. I mean, you don't have to say that. You're not wrong, but you don't have to say it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> All right, that is the end of the game, and the scores are uh, myself with nine, and with a score of 14 to 16, uh, Rachel gets by. Nice. Rachel takes the win. Nicely done. Get my W flag out. Yeah. Fly for another day. Fly the W. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah. Nice job. Good game. And uh, we can get to some picks where uh, each episode, a couple of us give a game experience movie, something cool like that. We recommend you check out. And uh, Rachel, you kind of already gave a pick, but do you want to recap it? Uh, My pick is those Lego flowers, the Lego botanical collection. It is currently sold out, but I'm pretty sure most of the pieces you could actually find from Lego or elsewhere. I will be keeping my eye out or just Legos in general. Yeah. Um, and once it is back in stock, you can find it on lego.com. Nice. And just for, so search for flowers and it will be the first thing that comes up. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, we'll have a link to it. And uh, I kind of have a pick. Uh, it's a book I finished uh, recently, a week or roughly a week ago. And uh, it is called Boomtown. It is a kind of a historical narrative through the fantastical saga of Oklahoma City. <laughs> it's chaotic nice. founding, it's apocalyptic weather, it's purloined basketball team, and the dream of becoming a world-class metropolis. Yeah, it was kind of a, a fun book that I read. It's basically a uh, journey through... Uh, so the the author is a New York Times 
book reviewer or book critic and writer. And uh, it is a journey through basically the history of Oklahoma City from its very, very beginning all the way through um, more or less present day. And it kind of interweaves all of its history. Like all of the chapters are more or less like two or three pages long. Like they're pretty quick kind of... um, you know, like just little stories in between, but it cuts between that um, and predominantly the rise of the Oklahoma City Thunder basketball team um, and its origins, how it got purchased, how it got basically stolen from Seattle, um, <laughs> all of the stuff relating to the land run, the the building of Oklahoma City, um, and then uh, some really interesting chapters on like Wayne Coyne, the founder or the lead singer of the Flaming Lips. Oh, cool. Um, some really cool um, civil rights chapters and um, some very harrowing chapters on Timothy McVeigh and the Oklahoma City bombing and all of that stuff. But uh, it's a really cool dive through. And it's very much both the history and this author's journey into Oklahoma City. And it, in some ways it reads as an outsider, but it kind of goes through that early kind of early 2010 to 2015-ish time, which was a uh, a very specific time where, uh, you know, I was also, like, starting parts of my career and lots of stuff in Oklahoma City. And, uh, yeah, it kind of, like, very much touched home as, as that's going on in the Oklahoma City basketball and everything, as well as some of the most um, devastating tornadoes that have hit ever and yeah. lots of other stuff. And uh, it's a really cool book. Maybe not for everyone, but it was a uh, basically, uh, you know, a history through Oklahoma City that has some really fascinating pieces through it. And also just like, you know, it is the epitome of a flyover city and all of that (laughs) stuff, too. And the wanting to be more than and in some ways, you know, becoming more than the sum of its parts and everything else. And some uh, really cool, you know, really cool story. Nice. So that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it sounds awesome. Boomtown, Boomtown by uh, Sam Anderson, who is a again New York Times writer and book critic. So, so yeah, that's that. Nice. And uh, yeah, if you have a pick or anything you think we could enjoy or shout out on the show, uh, email to us at thingsthatgotwrong.com. You can also check out the website at thingsthatgotwrong.com for all the past episodes, show notes, and more. And the next episode will be mid February, so stick tuned for that. And uh, thanks again for the team here, Rachel and Stu. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you Rachel. all. And uh, congrats, Rachel, on the big win. Thanks. Yeah, we yeah. will uh, do our best to accidentally coordinate more. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> more relative rounds in the future. And until next time, we'll see you later. Bye, everybody. Bye.